0: This is David, and thank you for joining us for another session of the Elephant in the Room. I am joined in studio today with Sean and Shailen of Valen Counseling and Consulting. Ladies, I want to thank y'all for coming in today. Uh, it looks like we're going to be discussing stress management. What can you guys tell us about stress management?
1: Yes, David. Uh, Thank you so much for having us back. Shaylin and Sean, we've got a lot of good stuff that we want to share with our audience today. We're going to be talking about effective stress management for children. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be breaking down some psychoeducational terms surrounding stress. And just so that everyone's on the same page, stress is the body's response to emotional, physical, or mental changes. The unfortunate thing, David, when we're talking about stress is that many of us try to ignore it. Um, So we're going to give you some different types of stress to look out for and some techniques that you can use, whether it's at home or at school or in any environment that you have. So, um, you know, just stay post it here, you know, because we've got a lot of good stuff to share. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Shaylin so we can jump right in. Hey,
0: Sean, just one moment. Do you mind highlighting those six types of stress real quickly again?
1: Yep. So, David, we're going to take a look at psychological, psychosocial, physical, acute, episodic, and chronic. So it sounds like a mouthful, David, but we're definitely going to break it down so that you can understand what we're talking about and what to look for. All right, thank you, Sean
2: and David. We're at, like my um, partner said, we're also, again, happy to be here. So mindfulness—that's what I want to delve into. Mindfulness. What is mindfulness? We've heard that buzzword everywhere in schools, out of schools, um, around town. So what is that? Well, mindfulness is defined as a is a way of paying attention to our present moment <clears throat> and experience with an attitude of peace and calmness and curiosity and so it's just a way of taking note of where you are at that particular time um so we have some techniques to that so david you want me to jump right into those techniques
0: absolutely
2: all right so we have our first technique that i am particularly close to is mindful mood that's paying attention and just noticing how you are feeling each morning drawing attention to that and saying to yourself you know what is my mood going to be positive today or is it going to be negative how am I going to go throughout my day that's in the morning or you may say you know what I need that mindful mood right now in the afternoon during lunchtime because in the morning time I didn't take notice of that and then something negative happening happened. So now you need to take a positive outlook on your mood in the more the evening time the afternoon or even the evening time.
0: Shaylin, so our moods are going to change throughout the day. And we need to be able to adjust to all those differences that we occur each day?
2: Yes, you do. Um because think about it. Different things happen throughout the day. Not every moment is going to be smooth sailing all the time. You may have those days like that, but some days it may not look like that, especially when we're talking about children. You know, different things happen. They may wake up in a happy mood. Then all of a sudden their friend that day decided not to play with them at recess time. Or if it's a teenager, their, their text, a text message from their boyfriend may throw them out like around one o'clock during the day. So, yes, you have to take notice of your mood all day long. So then we can move on to mindful breaths. That's just taking time, waking up. Your mind and body by using deep, by breathing in, breathing out. One, two, three. It could be from one, two, three to one through 10. It just depends on how you're feeling. And just taking note of your space, the space you're in and your body, just having your body feel relaxed. So those, those two are really important, David. Yeah,
0: that breathing, I noticed that as a component of my Fitbit. And it does help me relax after I finish my walk.
2: Yes. Um, so not only do you need to use it in exercising, but just taking a moment when you feel those anxieties or those stresses, you have to breathe in and feel air coming into your nose. Does it feel soft to your nostrils? Breathe out and count to one to 10. Just taking the moment to to listen to the breaths that you're taking and to be one with those breaths. So we also have the um, last mental snapshot. What is that? Well, I've asked the same question. That is something as simple as playing a simple game as tic-tac-toe to checkers, a game to help you focus on something else because a snapshot in that day Especially if you're having an anxiety-filled day, you may need to snapshot to something else, playing a game, doing, um, um, talking to someone who's positive around you. Positivity is the key, David, um, and just focusing on something else, um, and just you know, as you all know, I'm a school counselor, and so I have to do this with some of my students, especially some of my students who come who um, have ADHD or have a lot of anxiety, the mindful breaths, um, taking their mind off of something else by letting them play simple as um, a game, or also drawing. Drawing is really relaxing and another technique of mindfulness.
0: Oh, thank you so much for sharing those particular uh, strategies with us. Sean, can you please break down the six types of strategies?
1: Yep, David. Let's start breaking it down. Um, the first one we want to talk about is psychological stress. So this guys this is dealing with anything related to cognitive or emotional. So this is based upon you know what you think, what you feel, and it's often triggered by things like panic attacks, anxiety, self criticism grief, anger, and even sadness. And unfortunately, you know, that's a lot of different triggers, but um, we're still very much under the influence of the pandemic. So those are all very real. And many of us probably have experienced some of those in the last few months or in the last year. Okay. So the next one, David, is psychosocial stress. And so this type of stress deals with relationship issues. It could be, for instance, you know, with your peers or in a marriage or, you know, an employer. In reference to the pandemic, you know, maybe your employment has changed. You've gone from employed to not being employed. And so there's now a stress or a trigger, you know, with your employment relationship. Or maybe you've spent too much time with your, you know, spouse because we've had to, you know, social distance and quarantine during the pandemic. And now all of a sudden you find after, you know, 10 plus years that you guys are on different islands. And so you're forced to try to figure that out. Um, So that's an example of a psychosocial stress. Hey,
0: Sean, can I uh, stop you for one second? I have a question. (laughs) Give me an example of a type of psychosocial stress that a kid would have.
1: Okay, so sure. David, this would look like um, anything dealing with their peers. So um, whatever relationships they have with their peers or their friends, it's changed. They can no longer hang out together, you know, face-to-face like they used to, you know, What's a Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, younger children, they're doing virtual playmates. What's that? Right. You know, (laughs) and uh, teens absolutely don't care to do that. You know, they would rather, you know, FaceTime and do things on their own. But the dynamics of the relationship that they have with their peers has absolutely changed. So um, that's something to, you know, be mindful of. And then another type of stress, David, is physical stress. And so this is the body's physical physical reaction to what's going on you know what your body is you know experiencing and so it might look like dental problems dehydration infection of some sort some type of injury or even fatigue
0: oh yeah i I can definitely understand physical stress uh i know one of my particular things i would say would be just the fact that the students that are starting to walk around, I keep seeing students, my students walking around with a look in their eye where they're not really sure what to do next.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: And mm-hmm. without some structure, it, it, it's very difficult for them. Yeah. And it's a, for us.
1: It is because it uh, creates a level of uncertainty. And, um, you know, children, they actually respond very well to structure, Mm -hmm. boundaries, consistency, and consistency. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so
0: much, Sean. Next, we have how to practice mindfulness. Shaylin, can you please help us with practicing for mindfulness?
2: Yes, David. So I'm going to break it down in um, two sections. So... In the classroom, what it, um, some techniques may look like in the classroom and what some techniques may look like at home. So let's look at mindfulness breaths. I talked about that earlier. Um, again, that's um, waking, waking up your mind and body, saying, hey, I'm here, I'm in present, um, I need to breathe, no matter, um, you may say, okay, should it be one to three or should it be one to 10? You know, it's just kind of up to you. It could be wherever your mood is. If it is an upset child, they may need one to 10 or one to 20, or they may need one to three and then they're done. It's just taking the time to notice the air filling up in your lungs and you're breathing out, breathing in and out. And again, being present in the moment. And then some of you may say, okay, this is the classroom, so Shailen, I don't know. But hey, the whole class can get into this. This is swaying trees, untangling your branches. Sometimes the branches in our mind, the synapses in our mind, in our body can get all tangled up. So what we need to do is sit up nice, straight, and tall. Hold our hands up and sway like a tree, like we are our branches going, moving our bodies around. And this can help untangle your mood and your body, and even your soul, just to feel like I'm moving, I'm getting things off my mind, off my body. Um, because as a teacher, classroom teachers, you all know sometimes kids get a little fidgety, things get a little just out of control. And so this is a way to not only help having the children focus on one thing, but also getting those wiggles out also.
0: Okay. Now in your classroom, do you have to model these swaying trees?
2: Um, I would, yes. I model a lot of things as a school counselor. Those that I feel that are safe for my children, yes. Well, I mean, it, it's simple. It's, it, you may feel like, oh, this is a little weird, but that's okay. Remember, we're thinking positive. And yes, we, won- we are. <laughs> we-
0: I am here to tell you, when we start to do video of these particular episodes... Shaylin will be doing a swaying (laughs) tree.
2: That's okay. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. I'm swinging my arms side to side.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Shailen. Go ahead and tell us about mindfulness at home.
2: Okay. So mindfulness at home. So one technique is the mindful mood. Um, I mentioned that earlier, noticing how you feel each morning. Remember, it could also be each afternoon, each evening, each late at night. It's just being at one with yourself and noticing um, where you are. Now, I wanted to mention that mindful mood can incorporate drawing and writing because sometimes um, just taking mindful breaths in conjunction with the, noticing how your mood is. You need to have something there. Like, for example, I said as adults, this has become very popular. The drawing, the coloring, adult coloring books, you know, it, it helps relieve some anxieties and worries. Well, for children, it's the same thing. Parents and guardians, let them draw, let them focus, right. Let them focus on something else. Then we have what's called safe keeping. Safe keeping. That's setting your worries aside. So you're writing things out. You're, you're focusing on one thing. It could be one toy, one um, particular subject you're writing about or even drawing about. And you're being at one with that particular thing only. You're focusing on that. You're not focusing on those worries and those anxieties. You're safekeeping with that particular item.
0: I kind of have a question right here. Let's say that you had a favorite pair of shoes. Would focusing on this favorite pair of shoes, maybe cleaning them, uh, you know, changing out the shoelaces, would that also help you manage your stress? Is that what we're talking about? Focusing on something specific?
2: Yes, that can. Um, Cleaning those pair of shoes. Um uh, for girls it may go be going in the restroom messing with their hair I know a lot of teenagers like to do all kinds of things they look on YouTube for all kinds of tips uh, tricks of the trade about how to do something different with their hair
0: yes indeed yeah
2: focusing on one particular activity you can throw your worry away and you don't need it anymore if you focus on one particular activity. Yes so that that is absolutely a way um, to safe keep. Your, your mind and your thoughts. Um, and last we have building a peaceful place, building an imaginary hideaway, safe place, somewhere where you feel like you're able to release. And just be calm and be with yourself in your particular thoughts. And it can be um, outside. It can be in the living room, the kitchen, somewhere where you feel comfortable. Um, Now, I wouldn't say always parents the bedroom. Because some of our children's bedroom is a dual bedroom. It's it's serving as a classroom. And so the children may not feel happy to do that. So I wouldn't say that, but you can find a peaceful peaceful place where, where a child can just take their worries away. Imagine doing something fun, imagining focusing, imagining being happy and safe.
0: I would like for each one of you ladies to give us an example of your sh- uh, safe room. And we'll begin with Shailen. Where, where is your safe place?
2: In um, your thank you, David. So my safe place, <laughs> ironically, is my backyard um i did a lot of remodeling during the COVID when it first started <laughs> so my backyard of course now with winter in in winter is going on all of my plants are kind of gone um but it, it's my backyard i still go out there because what happened is for christmas i got a fire pit yeah <laughs> <So, laughs> <fire> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes So that's what I got for Christmas. And so it's still my safe place, my happy place where I can sit and just be at one with myself. And even Chase, he now enjoys being out there with me. Um, Chase, my son, sorry. Oh, no
0: problem. Okay, uh, Sean, tell us where your safe place is.
1: Hmm, David, I think that would have to be my comfy chair with ottoman in my den. And whenever my family sees me in my comfy chair, they know, you know, leave mom alone. She's chilling. You know, I'm probably vegging out to all of the shows on the Food Network. Not that I like to, you know, necessarily cook, but I do (laughs) like, you know, watching the end results. So I would have to say my comfy chair, you know, I'm just chilling. I'm not taking any calls any virtual meetings i am sitting in my comfy chair you know feet propped up on my ottoman and you know i'm just i'm vegging out you know and just focusing on you know the mindlessness <laughs> we're talking about being mindful but you know the mindless activity of watching something and that's happen okay. mindless yeah. activity mindless activity can help you with mindfulness that's that's okay. it <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess i'm going
0: to have to share mine
2: okay where's safe yours david
0: secret place it's the half bathroom. Okay. <laughs> when you have kids, you got to have a place you can hide out.
1: Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. it's
0: in the utility room, so I can shed two doors.
1: Ah, <laughs> yeah. Two doors, of you know.
0: That's a big deal when you're trying to hide from like sixteen kids. <laughs> but uh, that is definitely my hiding spot. Okay,
2: whatever uh, works. Yes.
0: I wanna thank y'all for the first half of this show. We're going to be coming back in just a moment with the second edition of The Elephant in the Room How to Manage Effective Stress Management Ah! Listen to this nice jam as we transition to the next level
3: This is the last take for the night Understand that's kind of like Water in my face, and everything is in its place. Peace of mind, even my grace. I'm so blessed, yes, yes, yes. My grandma almost lived to see 92. I'm so blessed, yes, 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 yes. My son was born healthy and beautiful. I'm so blessed, yeah, yes. My mama's on my right side, daddy on my left. My son, father, doing his absolute. I'm so blessed, blessed. Less, less. yeah yeah yes and I know what I know and I know what I know. gonna happen, it's just the way it be. Ain't nothing coming easily in this life. Sometimes you gotta work and you gotta go and it gotta hurt. I'm sure you know. Take a look around. Woke up this morning listening to this song. You're so blessed. Yes, yes. Gonna rock this joint all night long. You're so blessed, yes. Okay. Feeling fresh to death, death, Went to sleep stressed, woke up refreshed, fresh, fresh, fresh. 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 Mama's on my right side, Daddy on my left. I'm so blessed, yes, yes, yes.
0: welcome back to our show the elephant in the room effective stress management we're going to finish up with uh who's next sean thank you sean for waving me down i sure appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) all right tell us about the uh breaking down the stress types
1: Okay, so David, there are three more uh, types of stress that I wanna be able to get out there and share with the audience. And the next one, you gotta listen carefully because there's some gray areas here with these different types of stress that we're gonna be talking about. But the first one is acute stress. And with acute stress, David, that demands immediate reaction of the body to whatever is going on in the environment. Um, so you you have to stop and pay attention to it immediately. And it can be things, you know, as simple as a roller coaster ride. And so that's a, a positive event, but you definitely have to, you know, respond to it immediately. And while many of us have, you know, been on a roller coaster before, um, you probably did not realize that your body is under you know, a level of stress. All right. So that's acute stress. That's when, you know, your body demands an immediate reaction to whatever's going on, you know, in the environment.
0: Hey Sean, one quick question. Sure. Does this also include like a broken arm? Would that be considered an acute stress? Something just happened just right now, real quick? Or yeah, you, immediate.
1: Yeah, that that fits in that category. Absolutely. You can um, you know, as something that requires An immediate reaction, immediate, you know, attention. And, you know, breaking a ligament or an arm, anything, that's definitely a level of stress. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So we can put that in that category, David. Uh, The next type of stress is... Episodic acute stress. Now, David, you got to listen because here are some, you know, sh- gray areas here. You know, there's some overlap, so you got to make certain that you see, you know, the difference between acute and episodic acute. So, with episodic acute stress, David, that's when people experience frequent acute stress. So. If you These are the people when you talk to them and you, you know, ask them how their day was, they have, you know, stress all day, you know, in all of their environments. On their way to work, they almost got into, a, you know, a car accident. They get to work. They get into, you know, a dispute with the boss. They get home. They get into, you know, um, an argument with their spouse and, and the children and, you know, dinner just doesn't go well. And, you know, all day they can identify, you know. At different areas or examples of when they felt stressed. And so with episodic acute stress, David, this is when people have frequent acute stress. And those people, you know, might be the negative Nancys of the world. Um, they're often, they feel anxious or irritable. They also have a negative outlook on life and they find it difficult to manage. I think Shaylin was saying earlier the key is to, you know, remain positive. That's really important, but we have to model being positive and teach our children not to have a negative outlook. And finally, you know, we just want to remind them and model, you know, there are going to be things that you just can't control.
0: I just think that here I'm noticing that it looks like this, this particular type of individual sees the glass as half empty. Where most of us want to go through life viewing the glasses half full.
1: Absolutely, yeah, you're right.
0: I have a very good understanding now of these different types of stresses.
1: Yes, and there's one more, David. Um, there's chronic stress, and so with chronic stress, that's just continuous. It's ongoing. It doesn't seem like you know it's ever going to go away. It's like monkey on your back. You know, you can't figure out what to do. You know, how to make things better. You know, no matter how much you seem to try things just seem to be, you know, horrible and just out of control, you know, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, even financially. And so those are things that we, you know, want to identify and realize that if we don't get a hold of them, they could be continuous and fall into that umbrella of chronic stress. And what's scary is that chronic stress, David, can actually harm people's health and lead to depression. And we absolutely don't want to get into that. And as some depression, you know, is normal, you know, but you don't want to look up and, you know, you're depressed, you know, five, seven, you know, days of the week, you know, a month and and just consistently depressed. Um, And with the pandemic, you know, COVID-19, that is absolutely a stressor that could lead to chronic stress. You know, you got to be careful because your children are... You know, definitely experiencing it as well. And then with the jump between face-to-face school and virtual learning, that creates a level of stress too for children because they're having to navigate between two different models of school and that can be, you know, challenging enough on its own.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go back for just one second because I can see an example in my particular situation where these stresses have manifested. First of all, I tore a muscle in my shoulder, and that became an acute stress. Yep. It was stress immediately. It hurt, pain, worried. All that stuff was involved. And then it became episodic because every time I wanted to go play golf, my <laughs> shoulder would hurt.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and that lowered my scores, which in turn, I'm not, you know, made me more <laughs> stressful. That's what I'm blaming it on.
1: Okay. okay? And, and maybe- then finally...
0: It hurts all the time. And, you know, before surgery, I would become irritated. I've noticed that my mood would change. My kids would tell me absolutely. that. My wife would tell me that. And and so I see how this can be something that, that grows and, and becomes continuous and then also just becomes a, a detriment to our kids and our daily lives.
1: Yes, David, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you're able to identify the progression From a single, you know, episode or incident all the way down to the chronic stress. So, yeah, there definitely is a level of progression to, you know, beware of.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things to worry about here. But we do have a little green light. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk to Shailen about the benefits of mindfulness.
2: So thank you, David. I told everyone about the techniques of mindfulness of mindfulness that you can use, but some of the benefits are as an adult and children, you can feel less anxious, less worried, not so much anxiety filled. And you can feel more focused throughout your day if you use these techniques. Also, children and adolescents. With different conditions such as depression, anger management, ADHD, anxiety, all of those things, this will help them with those conditions. um, Give them a little ray of hope to feel less, less of what they feel sometimes every day. And last but not least, for some of our educators out there, it improves their behavior. And it benefits their brain um, just academically and emotionally and socially. You know, who wants a friend that every time you look around, if they lose at a basketball game, they yell and scream at their peers. So socially, they won't have any friends because the friends like who wants to be around someone who can't handle their anger so it can improve behavior and um, their social interaction. Um, for example, some of my students who have these ADHD, um, ADHD or ADD, I, I use some of the techniques, like for example, mindful breaths. We take deep breaths in, deep breaths out, focus on something positive. Um, or we may draw a picture for a while and just talk about that picture so the mood can change.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, um, Shaylen has done an amazing job David of breaking down mindfulness and I know some of the techniques and terms might sound a little you know corny and you might look crazy when you're actually doing it but let me just tell you it works so if you know we can't stress that enough you know these techniques do actually work. But if you're not ready to quite embrace, you know, the whole mindfulness platform, then there's some simple things, David, that you can do that can actually help to um, help you help your children with their stress. And so I'm going to give you some simple techniques. The first one, you know, have a positive attitude. It's important to be positive. You have to be a positive person so that your children will know that, hey, you know, I can be positive. Sometimes I might have to make lemonade out of lemons, you know, and we've all had to kind of repurpose ourselves and readjust, you know, as a result of the pandemic. Um, Something else that you can do and show your kids, David, is you can acknowledge the things you cannot control.
0: Oh my goodness, that is so true. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Um, Let go, let Let go. go. That's right. (laughs) I mean, you know, because the only thing that you can ever control 100% of the time, David, and this is a lesson I try to teach my own children is that the only thing that you can control is yourself and how you respond. Mm -hmm. You can't control if somebody likes you or not. You can't control a pandemic. You know, I think the pandemic has shown a lot of us that there's many things that are out of our control. So we've had to repurpose ourselves. Um, But it's okay, you know, and you have to be okay with not controlling every single thing. Uh, Let me see, David, something else they can do exercise this is really important because it allows you to release hormones and negative energy and for any of those children who have um you know gained some pandemic pounds it can also allow them to have an opportunity to you know get their um you know weight regulated back to the the norm and then you also want to tell them to have a good diet eat healthy and just because they're eating healthy items if they overeat then that's not so good. So not just not overeating, but eating the rights, you know, the right amounts of the food. And then um, we can't stress this simple technique enough. Just take a breath, give your body an opportunity to reset. That's what you should look at that as when you're doing your deep breathing exercises that Shaylin mentioned earlier is to breathe. Do your breathing, the deep inhales, exhales. And when you do that, what's actually happening is that you are giving your brain more oxygen so that the brain can send messages to the rest of the body, you know, to say, hey, look, (laughs) this feels a little weird. I feel a little uncomfortable right now, but look, we're going to be okay. And so what, you know, the deep breathing, it gives the brain those extra, you know, oxygen molecules that it needs in order to Reset the body.
0: I agree. And I'm going to just point out number four about eating healthy. I can give a personal testimony. I happen to be a cookie fiend. Oh, me too. And so <laughs> I went from chocolate chip cookies to oatmeal cookies. Oh, yeah They both be a little better for you. Look, oh, yeah, I ain't it. giving up the cookies at all. Yeah, I'm not yeah. giving them up. But I am going to make a better choice by eating oatmeal cookies. Now, uh, we are just about finished here. It looks like we have our last area. Both of you guys will be discussing this. I want you to take time and give us some personal examples about what's happening and how this is affecting you guys in your daily lives. I'm going to begin with Shailen.
2: Okay, so first thing is um, I want to mention about the exercising swaying tree. You know, we were like, oh, that may not be fun, but hey... It's exercising. So you're doing exercising and mindfulness. So, and also while you're doing that swaying tree, educators, parents, um, guardians out there, you're modeling healthy expectations of how to deal with stress. You know, if, again, if you are having a bad day, who else is going to have a bad day? Your children. Yep. And that goes for teachers teachers. And parents, you know, if a teacher comes in and throws her pen down and why are you coming in the room without your mask on? And And parents, if you say, why don't you do your homework? Get in that room. I mean, what do you think is happening to your child? They're feeling your stress.
1: Absolutely. And David, it's like a trickle down effect. And so um, one of the things that I failed to mention a few minutes ago is that you have to get enough sleep, you know, if you have a toddler, they should be sleeping at least 12 hours a day. If you have a little one that's three to six years old, they should be sleeping 10 to 12 hours. And if you have a preteen or somewhere you know, between the ages of 7 and 12, 10 to 11 hours. And our teens, 8 to 9 hours. So if they don't get enough sleep, David, they might wake up irritable and then it just unravels from there you know, they're fussing, you know, with everybody, they're in a bad mood, you know, they're not able to be the, you know, their best selves. And it's just, you know, an unfortunate situation that happens and unfolds during the course of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I'm just amazed at the amount of sleep that is required. Uh, I'm not hitting my sleep. So I think I'm going to have to eat healthier and also have more fun. That will be my solution to me feeling better. We're now at number eight. I jumped ahead earlier, but managing school, work, and other things through stressful times.
2: Yes. So, again, I said um, earlier, model the expectations on how to deal with stress. Um, uh, You know, if you're feeling stressful, um, you as an adult, you take the time out to take deep breaths in and out. You know, you count to ten. You do not project that on your children. And I'm talking to parents and guardians out there. Teachers, educators, you know that it's illegal (laughs) for (laughs) us to yell and scream at at our children when they don't behave. We have techniques. We've been to enough professional development. That's right. uh, (laughs) To know Mm. what we can do.
0: Spare the rods, pull the child. (laughs) Yeah.
2: We, we have been to enough of that to know what we can do to change the tone of the classroom if um, children are being um, stressed out or, or they are being unruly or whatever the case may be. But it's important to model the uh, positive expectations for our children.
1: Absolutely, um, modeling is key here, guys. Something else you want to be able to do, you know, with your personal kids, and and hopefully, you know, you don't see this in the school environment, but you want to be able to limit the kids' exposure to social media. You have no idea what they're seeing, what they're being exposed to. You know, if they're victims of, you know, social bullying or online bullying, you just don't know. But you don't want to create that type of environment where they, you know, are being exposed to things that just don't benefit them in the long run, you know, socially, mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, you just don't know what kind of harm they could potentially, you know, be in. So you want to limit their exposure and have an open dialogue with the children about social media and things they may encounter.
2: And, uh, um, and then also... You need to schedule time where it's downtime, where you can take the time to say, you know what, we're coming into the house, um, children, um, and we're putting our cell phones in a bucket and we're getting rid of some of those Nintendo devices and PlayStations, whatever it may be, and we're going to have a time to just talk. Can we say that
0: to our wife, too?
2: (laughs) Well, David, I, I think I'll let you and your wife discuss that <laughs> 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 to where we're going to just talk to each other, to generally just talk and see where we are in our in our thought process and then have self-care, you know, take care of yourself. That's important. Um, I know that I particularly work for an excellent principal. She always is stressing, you know, take care of yourself first. You can't be any good for the children that we teach unless you have taken care of yourself mentally and physically. So, and that goes for children. They need self-care. They need time where they can just focus on themselves or something they like in life. And then... Follow through with it. Don't say you're going to schedule it on Saturday and then say, "Uh, okay, we don't have time for this and we'll do it next Saturday. No. If you said it, follow through. Just like at Christmas time when those kids ask for a gift, mm-hmm. you know they're going to bug you every day of December until December 25th until they see it up under that Christmas tree. That's right. So it's important, so important to schedule time for yourself and, Um, and follow through and absolutely have
1: self-care. Oh, I think that's so important, Shailen, because a lot of us, especially a lot of us women, we're always caregivers, but who's caring for us? And if we're not caring for ourselves, then you know that's just a recipe for disaster. But you know something else that we have in our back pockets guys is the power of the word no. And mm-hmm. that's something that we often forget yes. that we have. <laughs> yes, David, but in this case the answer it's is no. No. <laughs> no, I'm not doing a, you know, a Zoom meeting on the weekend from work. No, I can't, you know, do th- this field trip with the kids. No, I'm not able to. No, no. And no, and you can't feel bad about it. You know, there's only so much that you can do. Don't set yourself up so that you're, you know, constantly in overload because then you're not being a good, you know, example or model for your children. And, you know, it will be okay because you can't do it all and nobody expects you to. So let yourself off the hook. Show yourself some grace.
0: Sounds wonderful. Shailen, we're just about ready to wrap this up. Can you tell us how we can contact, uh other uh, venues and other agencies for professional help?
2: Yes, I can. Well, first of all, myself and Sean would love to hear from you. To keep the discussion going, you can contact us at Valen, that's V-A-L-Y-N-N-C-C at gmail.com or for additional mental health services, please contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration at 1-800- 662 help or the National Alliance on Mental Illness hotline at 1-800-950-6264 and last National Child Traumatic Stress Network at 310-235-2633 and last I would like to um say that a lot of my techniques came from the mindful activity cards that I use in my counseling toolbox
0: oh thank you guys so much again we want to thank Valen Counseling and Consulting for coming out did I say that wrong Valen
1: Counseling 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 and and Consulting consulting. I said it right
0: Y'all just want to match me. I understand. (laughs) Look, this is our second episode of the elephant in the room. We wanted to uh, go ahead and mention if you wanted to catch the first episode, go to foreverflow.airtime.pro. That's f o u r e v e r f l o dot a i r t i m e dot pro. P R O, And there you'll be able to download both of these podcasts at your convenience. This is David Brown and
2: Sean Shay- Shaylen with
1: Valen Counseling. Counseling.
0: You have been flowing with David, the master servant. Thank y'all so much for listening. Let's go ahead and get another elephant in the room coming soon.